Welcome to the Be The Lead Podcast. I'm Brent Yates. Here we go. What I've said before every podcast is, if they've inspired me, then we want to bring them to you. And I think uh, you won't be disappointed in this next story. So several months ago, about 18 months ago, I was in Phoenix and watching a regional Fox Sports presentation. And they brought this young athlete out on, did an interview with her for about an hour, a show. And uh, what was really fascinating was, yes, she's a great race car driver, but when she went through her concussion protocol, what really inspired me is the story we're gonna bring you today. So what we'll do next is we'll show you that clip, that same clip I saw 18 months ago that inspired me to get involved in her life and to try to help her to get to that next level where she's going next. And so I think you'll truly be inspired by this story. So valedictorian of her high school class, black belt, Taekwondo, American Ninja Warrior, but really what impressed me, race car driver, right? But really what impressed me was her heart, her passion for others, her passion for children as just a teenager. It's truly incredible. So next, I'm gonna show you that same clip that we saw 18 months ago and led us to today and getting involved with her life. So take a look at this clip and then we'll bring McKenna to you. We thank you race fans in a gorgeous South Central Iowa night here at the Knoxville Raceway, the sprint car capital of the world. As heat race number one gets set to make their way out in the staging area. been very ambitious. I grew up doing a lot of sports. I was a black belt in Taekwondo. I used to like to write a lot in Korean and I was also fluent in Braille. These are a couple of my favorite investing books. When I got into middle school, I fell in love with Warren Buffett through a book that I read and started going to his shareholders meetings and after that I built my own portfolio. I mean, everything she's done has been a bit off. <laughs> Most kids wear Jonas Brothers t-shirts and she was wearing Casey Kane t-shirts. I was out to eat with my family and there was a guy signing autographs and later found out it was Casey Kane and that's when I fell in love with racing. I thought it would do her some good just to get in the car and realize there's a lot more to it and then maybe it'd scare her and she would be done with it. It was just totally the opposite. Hey, hey. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We'll hey. Your winner, McKenna Hesse is a victor! Hey. McKenna goes right to the top of turn number two and leads him down the back straightaway. Hey. Checkered flag will wave and McKenna 
Hello, McKenna. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you uh, for making the trip, and uh, it's been a few months, so it's really good to see you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, an honor and exciting to be here. Cool, cool. Well, what we just showed our audience was a clip of the Fox Sports um, hour-long, uh, what would you call that, that they did on you? Kind of a... Like uh, a short film documentary? Short film. It was mm -hmm. almost like a film, but it really got into detail about your life and uh, all the things that inspired me for you to be sitting here today. And uh, so we showed them a few clips. I talked about uh, your athleticism, uh, your, your intelligence, which is really cool, but really your athleticism. I mean, a black belt in Taekwondo and... I mean, you, you are a next level athlete. So I'm really honored to have you here today. And I know that uh, we've had those communications. Uh, you, you are next level. So I, I, I think, you know, what I told the audience was if I got inspired, then I wanted, I wanted to bring, them, uh, bring you to, to the audience and really glad to have you. So I guess, you know, let's just start. I always like to start with the foundation. You know, uh, I think a common denominator between uh, all my guests has been that, that original foundation of parents and and, and probably a little bit of faith, but in your, in your words, you know, how did, how, did, how did that all come about? What did that look like for you to get started in life? Yeah, I mean, I grew up with a great family, uh, mom, dad, sister. We um, grew up going to school in a small town in Iowa, and so um, just a good town with a good community, good people. Uh, my parents were very big on education growing up, and so that was something, um, not only that they stressed, but something I really enjoyed. Uh, loved going to school. I had great friends growing up. So I think that that was really important to me. Um, and to this day is still really important. They had us in a lot of different activities, a lot of different clubs, um, just anything that they could do to help us. Uh, I feel like become better people and um, started us out on a good note with our faith and things like that. And I don't think it was ever about having their kids be better, you know, than somebody else's kids or anything like that. I just think it was they just wanted us to be happy and have a good shot at our dreams and believe in ourselves. And so I feel like growing up, you know, it was kind of like a humble town and a humble community. And, um, you know, my friends and I, we didn't go to a big school or live in a big town, but we all had really big dreams. And so I'm really grateful for that. Uh, we always, you know, wanted to change the world together. And, um, yeah, I'm super grateful for those memories. Cool. That's awesome. So your first obsession with racing like, like, how did that happen? How old were you? Um, tell me from the very beginning. How did that happen? Yep. So uh, third grade, I was actually here in Nashville and met Casey Kane, NASCAR driver in a shopping mall. Um, he had been there for an autograph session. We were there having dinner and we kind of wandered over to see what was going on because there was a crowd of people around him and um, walked away because we didn't know what was going on. And he followed me and my sister and thought we didn't get an autograph and so we got to talking wow. to him and I just thought it was really cool that I met somebody famous in a mall and so I think my parents thought you know that it was just something that would fade away but I started following him and started following NASCAR and just absolutely loved it and um, I don't think that ever changed so awesome so at eight years old you met him at when's the first time you got in a race car or what'd you do from eight years old to 13 years old that got you in that race car Yep, so my cousin had started racing, and he was racing in Oklahoma, so I went and watched him race. That was the first time I'd seen dirt track racing and um, youth racing and that kind of thing, and so I became really passionate about that, and so between that point and when I started my team when I was 13, it was really just a massive investigation for me. Um, 
I couldn't find racing in my area. I couldn't find youth racing anywhere in the country. And so I, um, yeah, I just kind of kept following NASCAR. And in 2008, I went to go watch Casey Kane race at Iowa Speedway. They had a display there for um, not only Knoxville Raceway, which is sprint car racing, but also a recreational go-kart facility. So I started racing karts recreationally, um, just like place where anybody could go and race. I, I started um, that when I was like 11 and I was in a men's league. And so I did that every week. And then uh, when I was 13 was when I started my team. Cool. But, mm-hmm. Cool. Well, what I told the listeners was that uh, uh, somewhere in your teens, once you were actually sprint car driving, uh, you got a concussion. And, you know, uh, what inspired me and gave me goosebumps is what you did during that time of your concussion. Like, like you just didn't go just take care of yourself. You wanted to be meaningful and adding value. And, you know, how did you come up with, okay, I'm going to help some kids out. And just tell me about how that started. Yeah. So when I, when I was kind of doing that whole investigation in those four years before I started racing, um, I just remember I'd come home every day after school and just scroll through the internet, look at go-karts, look at parts, look at different things like that. And I was just obsessed with that kind of stuff. And, um, once I, you know, started racing down the line, had this concussion, I'd kind of stayed away from all that, you know, kind of the lower level stuff and had kind of moved on, but I found a frame for a go-kart for sale. And, um, I just liked working on cars and I had a vision for a car that I really wanted to build. So I built this little car for this kid and, um, I was just going to sell it. Like I was just going to build a car and sell it. And then once I built it, I was like, well, I want to make sure the thing actually works (laughs) before I sell it. And so, I was trying to find a kid that would just test it out for mm-hmm. me. And that kind of turned into like, well, why don't we just run a few races, you know, and maybe give a kid a, a good opportunity, you know? And then it became like, well, why don't we run a whole season? And, you know, so it just kind of developed. And I ended up picking um, a little boy in my school class. Well, I volunteered in his class and he was in first grade and he had like zero racing experience. And that was not my intention. Like I intended to just give a kid a chance, like a better shot that was already racing, you know? Um, but this kid had zero experience and turned out to be an absolutely incredible race car driver. And, um, it went on to, I think really help his family. So it was really cool how it developed. Awesome. So you started a couple foundations as a teenager. Yes. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. I started one at 56 <laughs> with my wife and it was like, I yeah. thought that was a pretty big deal, but as mm-hmm. a teenager for you to have the heart to go, okay, I, I really want to help people on a next level, and especially kids. Uh, you were one yourself. Is it Really, that's what got me when I went, okay, mm-hmm. I, I need to meet her and see what makes her tick. <laughs> so you started two foundations. Tell me about the two briefly, but um, why two? Yeah, so Compass is the first one, and that I founded in 2015 when I was 17, and 17. Compass was designed to give kids the chance to race that might not receive a chance otherwise. And so that's how Compass was um, founded. And um, we've had a lot of kids come through the program over the years. And then Youth Racers of America is the second one. And uh, YRA was basically founded, um, that was founded in 2019. And and that was created to essentially be Compass that impacts kids across the country. And so when we started Compass and people started hearing about what we were doing, we were getting letters from all over the country. And unfortunately, like, I can't take kids racing all over the country. And so uh, YRA provides camps, clinics, safety gear, and educational resources for kids across the nation. 
Um, we serve three main groups. One is kids brand new to racing. And so not coming from a racing family, I was really passionate about providing equal resources for kids that are new to the sport and educating them. Um, the second is kids that are already in our sport. There's not a lot of resources for kids uh, coming up through the ranks like there are in other youth sports. And the third is a teenage program where we provide career opportunities and information on that to teenagers that want to pursue um, job opportunities in racing. Wow. So as soon as you felt that give, you just wanted to give more and you went, okay, I, I can do this. I can support this. And if I can bring awareness to me, I may be able to support it on another level. And I think that's just, just amazing to think that way, especially as a teenager. So when I look at your sport and I look at what I've done in my life with sports or, you know, let's go with nine out of 10 sports. Like we're not putting our lives on the line. You know, I, I interviewed Michael Chandler, and he puts his life on the line every day, and it takes discipline, dedication. But it's a, it's a mindset that I don't get because I do a little amateur racing, and I get puckered every now and then, right? But I, if I did that day, to, day in and day out, I'd be a mess. But so what is that? that, that um, um, I, I know it's a passion, but that, fear, that fearlessness to go out there and go, all right, I'm just going to give it all I got and you know, I, I feel good about it. And, and I'm not afraid of what might happen. How do you keep that out of your mind and, and just keep moving forward with that? Yeah, I think in the beginning, there was some fear there at times. And I remember hearing Jeff Gordon talk about, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And if you're not okay with that, then you should get out of the sport. And crashing was, you know, obviously what he was speaking about. And, um, you know, the form of racing I do is probably one of the most dangerous forms of motorsport out there. And, um, I've actually lost quite a few of my competitors, you know, or a few of my competitors since I started doing this. And so I think, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just not like death doesn't scare me. Um, and I believe if you're fulfilling God's purpose for your life, then, you know, um, you just don't think about it. You know what I mean? You just go out and do what you do and whatever happens, happens. And um, early on in my career, I remember I used to always say something along the lines of, you know, God puts things on our hearts to lead us back to him. And I believe if God puts racing on my heart, it's, there's a reason for that, you know, and you have to look at the bigger picture of that. And so, um, it's such a great feeling though, you know what I mean? To go out and to do something. And it's not that, you know, we're not scared ever. Like I think everybody experiences fear in some way, but it's just to live life on the edge like that, you know, and to almost flirt with death, yeah. you know, and, uh, and to not be scared of that. I think, uh, really is, I mean, what God calls us to do, you know, um, and to, to trust him that whatever happens out there happens. Wow. Wow. I mean, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. you, you know, uh, I think the audience got to see your clip and, and goosebumps are everywhere with, with just those statements around fear and, you know, the desire just, you know, God gave you a special talent and you're going to take it to the ultimate place. And mm -hmm. I think that's so cool. So I heard a statement that you made and, I, I hope one day I make a statement that somebody goes, hey, did you hear what he said? But what you said as a, I don't know, 21-year-old mm -hmm. was about going all in. And if you didn't go all in, you weren't going to win. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, I had already started a business, a couple businesses, and that's the umbrella. That's the name of, uh, of, of, of the company title, and we've got a few companies underneath it, but it's going all in. And, you know, again, here I am in, you know, the fifth decade going – you know, I think I've got some things figured out, but for you to go, if you're not going all in, you're not going to win. And for you to have that mindset, 
is just, it gave me goosebumps. And another reason I wanted to have you here today. Tell me where, where did that come from? I mean, was there a parent? Was there a sister? Was there just that? Tell me, tell me where that came from. I think just since I was little, like I was always ruthless about whatever I put my mind to. <laughs> um, very ruthless. And I, and I think it comes back to that fear thing. You know, I think, you know, I often get asked like, well, you know, how did you take so many big risks throughout your life and go so all in on all these things yeah. and, and sacrifice so much? And why were you not scared? I'm like, I'd be scared to not do that. Like, I'd be scared to sit in a chair and think that I genuinely have control over my life. Because the reality is, is a lot of people are like, well, you know, why wouldn't you play it safe? Why wouldn't you go to college and get, you know, this job or that job? And I'm like, the fact that people think they can predict that their life, that you could ever predict your life and the path it's going to take, to me, that's scarier. The fact that you think, um, you know, that you can make your own plans and they're going to work out just the way you thought they are. You know, what happens when uh, that industry you were going to go into crashes? What happens when, you know... Um, I don't know, you get diagnosed with something. What ha I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. And so I just think genuinely following your heart, I know it sounds cliche, but like it's just so important because, you know, to me there's a lot more risk in trying to play it safe, trying to avoid any potential risks, you know. Um, and if you're not going to live your life to the fullest, if you're not going to try your best at, at whatever, I mean, you only get one shot at life, you know, and don't look back and say, you know, well, I wish I would have tried harder, you know? I want to be able to look back someday and say, like, I gave it all I had, and that was all I had to give. That's, that's truly incredible. So the, some of the foundational principles of our business, like, like there's like 10 of them, and they're listed for our vision, but three of them that come to mind um, in our conversation of the 10 is, um, you mentioned relentless, relentlessness. I think relentless encouragement for others, no excuses, is a, is a huge one. Like, like we have enough experience in our, our team where there's just no, no excuses. And, and the third one is just uh, leveraging what you have. And I think you've done an amazing job at leveraging what you have. And that's, that's just so special. Um, um, obviously, your athleticism impressed me, uh, your heart for others, uh, but your intelligence, like, like that word you spelled, like, like I thought about it later and I was like, was that 46 letters? Spell that, spell, tell me the, the meaning of the word, the word, and then spell it for me, would you please? Yeah. It's, One more time. Uh, Numenol Ultramicroscopic Silical Volcanoconiosis, and it's an inhalation of a very fine silica dust causing inflammation of the lungs. And it's spelled P-N-E-U-M-O-N-O-U-L-T-R-A-M-I-C-R-O-S-C-O-P-I-C-S-I-L-I-C-O-V-O-L-C-N-O-C-O-N-I-O-S-I-S. I would never ask you to do that again. That's truly remarkable. <laughs> so what you probably have figured out, um, the listener is, is yes, you're intelligent. Uh, your athleticism is, is, is world-class, um, but your heart is, is always what I think is, is quite special. So you could have built rocket ships, but instead you decided to drive one on a 45 degree angle for most of the way on a dirt track. Mm -hmm. Now, I, you know, most people would go the other direction, right? But you instead decided to jump in a race car and do that. On a dirt track, like, like, on, a, like on an asphalt pad, you know, track, I, I kind of get the, the rear end gets loose. But yours is always loose. Yeah. So what's, tell me about that because I've never experienced that. What does that feel like? 
It's so crazy. I wish I would give anything in the world for people to be able to just feel what it feels like to drive a race car because a sprint car specifically because like you could put anybody in there, but they might not drive it the way that we would, you know, and I just wish people could feel it. It's it's just so, so, so violent. And I wish people could feel that, you know, I wish people could feel just how hard that steering wheel is to grip, just how difficult the pedals are to handle. I mean, it's trying to kick your feet off the pedals the whole time. That's how much power it has and how rough the racetrack is. And so, and yeah, it's like, it's icy out there almost. Um, and when it's not like, if you're not in the slick stuff and you're hitting the cushion, um, if you've ever tapped a curb with your car, I mean, you know, that's like what, four inches, maybe a curb, like, you know, we're doing that, but at 120, 30 miles an hour, um, and we don't lift. So yes, it's kind of, uh, not the smartest thing to do, but it's, it's really cool. Like it's, um, definitely something, something that I'm super grateful, you know, that I've gotten to experience and, um, you just feel like so accomplished, you know, at the end of every race. So cool. So cool. Well, I, like you said, you know, you'd like somebody to experience it. I know it's next level and mm-hmm. it's nothing that I want to do when I watch you. It's like, where does she get that courage from? <laughs> so if, if our audience wants to find you on social media, how would mm-hmm. they do that? Uh, so my Facebook fan page is McKenna Hassey and my Twitter's at McKenna Hassey and my Instagram is at sassyhassey 55 All right. All right. So when, when we met, uh, well, when I saw your show 18 months ago, um, immediately we got a hold of you and, and we met and Restore Us came behind you as a sponsor. Uh, and, and the whole idea behind it was, I really think you're going places. And I think if, if we can help set your platform and, and that's what Restore Us did a, a little bit, like, like mm-hmm. we helped keep a little fuel in the tank and uh, we're grateful that we get to be able to do that and be a part of your life. But I think next level uh, is Be The Lead's gonna come in and, and mm-hmm. also help, help with sponsorship. And, and, it, and it's all because of, of you and, and the platform that we want you to have and, and, and the encouragement that our audience gets to see today is, 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 your, is your heart and, and your passion for others. And like you said, like you're just, you're tough as nails. Uh, I've got a wife like that. Like she beat me at Thumb Wars <laughs> when I first met her and I was like, I, I, can't, ma- I can't marry her. <laughs> and she's not let off the gas since, mm-hmm. but we know you're tough. But those other things that you have with passion and, mm-hmm. and, and your desire to help others and add value and, and make a difference on this planet. Mm-hmm. That's what we're after. And, and, and I know people are going to see your intelligence today, but mm-hmm. mostly uh, what I got goosebumps from was your passion for mm-hmm. others. And, and never lose that mm-hmm. and, and, and always keep this, this uh, communication open. And I think you're going to get exactly where mm-hmm. you're supposed to go. Yeah, so thank, thank you. you for being with us. Thank you so much. Awesome. So I mentioned to you about our foundation and when we started it. I, I kind of feel like I started the foundation. My, my wife and I started it together. Uh, you know, we, we had kind of got to a place in our life where we were able to start it. What gave you the mindset that at 19 years old, you could start a foundation? And how would you encourage others maybe to follow in that footstep that you can do it too? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is knowing like everybody has something to give. And everybody's being called to give at every stage of their life. And I think sometimes we think we have to make it in life or we have to be some level of success in order to give. But um, that's not true. And I'm so grateful that I didn't wait because when you give like you receive and I've learned so much through my programs and my foundations. And I think one of the things that I've learned the most is it's different when you know how the story ends. And I think anytime somebody hears a feel good story, 
they know that yeah there may have been the tragedy but there's like the happy ending or the comeback or whatever but when you're in the thick of it you don't know how the story is going to end and I think that that's what makes it challenging when I started compass it was scary like I sacrificed a lot to do that and there was a lot of unknowns and a lot of threats and I went ahead and did it because I felt like I was being called to do it um but gosh I can remember so many hard nights early on where I was like what on earth am I doing here and I didn't know how the story was going to end. And I'm so grateful Fox made a film about it that's inspired people. And um, we've been able to impact a lot of lives. But that wasn't a promise when we started um, that I knew about. Yeah. You know, I think it was a promise. Like, God knew uh, what was going to happen through Compass. But I had to say yes first. Yeah. And I, I see so many people in my life say no, you know, and they make their life more about themselves and, and trying to kind of control you know, their life and their situation. And um, I think sometimes when we live more in freedom and we give, I think there's something, you know, that's so important to that. That's awesome. Well, I think what God promises is there'll be some kind of proportion Mm -hmm. of of coming back. Mm -hmm. We don't leverage God for that, but but he does say, it is biblical, that in yes. some proportion it will come back to you. And it, yes. I think it's a beautiful thing. And I know in my life, mm-hmm. the more I gave, the more I received. And you yes. said it beautifully, that giving is receiving and, and it goes both ways. And it reminds me of a story uh, uh, that, I, that I once told about a, a little girl in a hospital who I thought, she was four years old with cancer and one leg cut off and a, and a patch on her eye. And I thought I was going to bless her. Mm-hmm. And in return, she blessed me. Yes. A grown man who mm-hmm. I was going to give her a teddy bear and some kind of love and heart. Yes. And she blessed me. And I think I think until you feel that on that level, mm-hmm. like like you don't know what that is. Absolutely. So uh, for you to experience right. it at such a young age, mm-hmm. like I just, that gets gave me goosebumps. Like mm-hmm. what we want to do at Be The Lead is, is help you to do more of that. Yes. Because you have the platform. You just spoke to our audience in mm-hmm. a way that most people can't, mm-hmm. let alone someone your age. So yeah. I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you and for you Thank sharing you. that story. Thank you. And I think, too, there's something to be said about giving selflessly um, and not expecting anything in return genuinely. I think yeah. there's something to be said about that. I think oftentimes we give with an expectation to... Uh, be owed something and um I think it comes down to God like really does you know I I remember I was told once about a or a picture of of Jesus holding uh or there was a little girl in front of him holding a little teddy bear and behind his back he had like a big teddy bear yeah and he had his hand out you know and it's like would you be willing to give what you have in order to receive more and I think um, so many people get convinced that they can't let go of something selflessly because they're going to lose something, but really they're going to gain something so much greater. And um, not only just, you know, giving back. I mean, there is giving back in the sense of like everybody, like there's somebody out there that needs you to fight for them, you know? And I think there's such a lack of that, right? Like there's more yeah. people that need somebody to fight for them yeah. than there is people willing to fight. And so um, the more you can just open yourself up to being open to those opportunities and um, also just chasing your own dreams too. Like if there's, if you're doing something in life that you don't enjoy, like go to whatever, like whatever makes your heart beat, you know, and forget the, well, I can't because of this, yeah. you know, there's yeah. um, something to be found in whatever's making your heart beat. Yeah. Stepping on boundaries, like, like that very first time you went, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. That stepped on a boundary that expanded your horizons and it continues to expand. The best conversation we had was when we, when I looked in your eyes and mm-hmm. we both talked about giving, mm-hmm. then it got really, mm-hmm. really connective. And, and, and it's such a beautiful gift for you to have it. And, um, 
Uh, I hope we can do more. We want to do more together mm -hmm. uh, to really see your heart. Like I see you as this, like, like I named all the things that you do and I see you as this tough character. Mm -hmm. But when I look at you right now and, and we both are a little bit teary eyed, mm -hmm. that's the beauty. That's what we're looking for and be the lead. And that's, that's it. That's mm -hmm. the special sauce. So thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Find more resources on be the lead.me.